Mind your speed and your surroundings. Avoid costly collisions. Welcome to the Orbital Sword. Please follow me to the reading room. In three, two, one, engage. Welcome aboard the Orbital Sword. I'm David Moulton. I'm Scott Herzog. And I'm Jim Arrowwood. And this episode, we're discussing Sea of Thieves, Athena's Fortune by Chris Alcock. Best novel ever. (laughs) (laughs) Do I sense sarcasm? There's no sarcasm. Excuse me, so I'll scratch a bridge of my nose (laughs) with my middle finger. I I feel like... uh, Jeez. Yeah, I think this was. I feel like this we're, was a failure on my part, but we're headed was, down the spider hole. <laughs> yeah. Boop, 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 boop. Well, I mean, all right. So the story is the game Sea of Thieves has almost, well, when this was published, it had almost no lore. And this book gave the game some much needed lore uh, that is now slowly being introduced into it. But basically, it's two stories. You have one, one that takes pay part in the past the of pirates finding a, a going through a mystical s- storm to find a land of treasure or a, a world of treasure sort of like a an ocean of, of un, uninhabited islands with lots of treasure on them and uh that kind of becomes a thing and uh, they sell the map and people start other people ca- come in and it just becomes like a pirate world uh, away from the regular world and then you have a story taking place in what's considered current time for the for the universe of people in this now flourishing with pirates sea of thieves uh doing their thing and a new girl who's just come to the sea of thieves to start a life of piracy and uh an adventure that goes there and there's a little bit of cross between the past and the future so that's the long and short of it really all right good we're done here we can go home we can i think we can let's wrap it up take us out of the show jim Well, there it is. Uh, <laughs> All right, then we are done. <laughs> so uh, why did we do this book, David? Well, first off, I put it on the list because I wanted to read it. But then it was the only book out of four that got any votes. <laughs> I know. So other <laughs> which, people apparently wanted us to read it. Yeah, which surprised me. I thought it would just be like most of my suggestions and sit there. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there was another pirate book that looked way better on there. That, that right. So. Um, we should do we should do this entire podcast speaking like a pirate. That's my suggestion. I think that you should use a pirate filter in, in post and and just and just like it just goes down through. we we could always we could always I could teach you to sing the Pirate King in three parts. Do you know oh. what? Do you, oh, you should do that, but only oh only on. The, I am the Pirate King. <laughs> hurrah for the Pirate King! I love that song. <laughs> Wait, so so uh do you know what word sounds like it really belongs with pirates? What's that? Balaset. It does. Balaset fa- sounds like it, it belongs does. on the pirate ship. Well, you know what belongs on a pirate ship more? Jim with the loot? Jim with the loot and me with the hurdy gurdy accompanying him. Yes, absolutely. I, I can envision on the deck. Yeah. I'm, I'm there because I'm not playing anything. I'm like you can on my con- hands and knees cleaning the deck while you guys are like hurdy, 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 gurdy, looting it up. And I'm, I'm yeah. there like slaving away. Thanks a lot, yeah. guys. Hey, I hate you. I all. want I a hurdy gurdy. I want a hurdy gurdy. Those, they look so cool and so much fun to play. The name of it just sounds like an outfit you wear to yeah. like Mardi Gras or something. I, I am, yeah. I am, I legit want to learn how to play the hurdy gurdy. I looked for places because they're very expensive. Right. And I wasn't going to buy yes. one if I couldn't find a place to learn how to do it. Is there anyone that teaches a hurdy-gurdy like within a two-hour radius? No. Not that I could find. And that's yeah. the reason. Apparently, though, like in Germany and stuff, like it's one of the things where there's like, that's where a lot of the hurdy-gurdy like uh, builders are and stuff. So mm. it's taught there. Um, but not here, sadly. Because I would totally, like I don't know how to play any instrument, so I'd have to start at very basic. But uh, this is one I feel like I could do because it only takes one hand. Really. Is there like any rock bands that do you like use the hurdy gurdy? Uh, oh to yeah, be. yeah. There's some online it, that I found because I'm into the hurdy gurdy. <laughs> uh, appar- apparently, um, yeah, it's been around for a long time, and it, it's been used because it's got such a unique sound. Um, 
it, it I, I want one because, you know, I told you guys before we started recording how I went to Omaha for that show. Yeah. Well, before that, we wound up in a place called the Old Market, mm. where there were a lot of street musicians uh, out playing songs and doing stuff. And I can just picture myself with a hurdy gurdy out there in the old market and, and making a living being a street musician, being a busker. <laughs> yeah. I, I follow some on YouTube, some pro hurdy gurdy guys and they're pretty awesome. Um, <laughs> look, I'm into it. Okay. <laughs> this like, conversation is just bizarre. It's any, sad. Anyway. So do you follow these guys on Twitter? I mean, when they tweet like, Oh, here's the, you hear this new hurdy gurdy rift I have. Oh, but I watch their on? YouTube videos of all their songs. So, right. Right. Uh, that in the game you can play a hurdy gurdy in the sea of these game you can you can play so this is truly a pirate instrument yeah you can play the hurdy gurdy you can play the constantina and you can play a drum all right and you can dance well there you go yeah i'm uh. just saying i mean i mean like so do you yeah, dance david because i would love to see that <laughs> oh, play the hurdy -gurdy. Other games. Play the hurdy -gurdy. Yeah, character plays the hurdy gurdy all right right um so this is actually related to what we're talking about ocarina? yeah what was that what was that? What's that uh, video game that they use in Ocarina? The, you mean, oh, that's The Legend of Zelda. Ocarina yeah, that's right. The Ocarina of Time. Yeah. I have that game. It's great. It's a great game. Do you have an Ocarina? Uh, yes. As a matter of fact, I do. I have one made out of clay. Nice. You can, right. you can learn the songs from it. You should. Yeah. <laughs> so um, this this. I, I let me okay. Let me, first impressions. This book I found it incredibly boring till about fifty percent through, and then they went from really boring to within three chapters they introduced magic, mer people, skeleton pirates, curses, cursed chests. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of of everything else that they that they they introduced within three chapters, just like. Bam! All the of oh, the Kraken. Um, what other things? It's just like all these really cool, interesting things all happened within three chapters. They introduced the concepts of these things that they then like worked with for the rest of the book. And it, I was like, why didn't they open with this stuff way earlier and not bore me? Because I found it. It's not a hard read whatsoever, but I found it hard for me to want to read the book. Um, me too. Yeah. So, any other first impressions from you, Scott? Oh, hey. Well, uh, first complaint, this book was not an audible. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's my primary uh, complaint about this book, that there was no one. Uh, you mean you mean you actually had to pick up a book and read it? Uh, Jim, I, I don't know what you're talking about. He didn't read it. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't get what you're what you're saying. Can you repeat that, please? Maybe in another <laughs> you way. Actually, picked up a paper and ink book and read. A book? What is this reading thing you're talking about? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So so there's that. I, I agree. I agree. Here here's a little bit of my issue with 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 what you're saying, mm -hmm. uh, not with what you're saying, but with the book and how it's laid out. Mm -hmm. So I teach creative writing. Right. And one of the things we always tell students when they're writing a short story or a story period is you have to give us context for the world. And it should represent, you can't just like halfway through, oh, guess what? There's magic now because it feels like a convenient plot device at that point. And so it needs to at least be hinted at. Not right. that you reveal all. Like there might be, um, like I'm reading through a book right now where, the one character is a mage and you don't know that right away, but it's hinted at. So when it, when, when the big mage act happens, you're not surprised. You're like, Oh, that's what that was alluding to. So you need to at least do that. Yeah. And you can't, you can't just, you don't want to just info dump us at the beginning, right. but as you're telling the story, you want to give us enough to set up the world. Like, have them talk about mer creatures if they're not if you haven't encountered them yet you know right. or do something and so i agree i think that was missing um i think the other feeling i got as i read this book was that if you played sea of thieves and were familiar with the world and loved the world 
then this book, you'd have been totally digging it. And and I felt like, because I didn't, while I'm familiar enough with pirate lore, I was just not into it. I think maybe, and perhaps because of that, maybe no follow-up, maybe that if the target audience was see a Thieves player, then by all means it probably did its job. But it didn't do it for me. As a Sea of Thieves player? It didn't do its job? It's, it's, not, it's not written. The, the game Sea of Thieves has no lore. So what this, like, what this does, maybe, at least in part, is establish some lore. It's what it's trying to do, but it didn't do it. Like It, it missed its mark in the fact that, it, like you're saying, I mean, if you, liked, if you liked the game, you'd find things in this to relate to. Other than naming islands, there's really nothing until it gets to the magic part. But I think you're, I think you're interested, at least, since you're invested and willing to muddle through some stuff that may not be quite as interesting because you're looking and you, because there is no lore yeah. up to this point and this is it. So this yeah. is all you got. So you're going to suffer through perhaps, I don't know, I don't want to call it bad writing, but writing this maybe less than engaging in order to get to that. Right. I, 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 I kind of feel like maybe that's why it's sold, but I, as a reader, I didn't feel like it did that for me. Like it wasn't, I had a hard, I love Sea of Thieves. It's like pretty much, one of the only games I, I currently play with friends. And it's like, even with that, I wasn't interested enough to keep reading this book. Like I had to push myself up until a little, like 60% through or so when it started to get a little bit more interesting with the magic stuff and the curses and like that kind of stuff. So you were saying, you know, establish things. We were dealing with the past and the future. And my thing is that they both the past and the future characters discover magic coherently like at the same time in the story where you would think this person in the future where all these magic things are common would either a have heard of them or you know be more it would be more evident in her in her world than it was in the in the initial guys like it just i don't know it didn't yeah, I, uh, I, jim I, jim I, talk so as a teacher Yes. Of creative writing. Yes. And you, you say you need to do world building a little here and a little there throughout your, throughout your narrative. What, and this is probably way off topic, but what about not. if you have a universe that is already established? So I like mean, say Star Trek, I I'm writing a story based on Star Trek and I am hardly doing any world building at all because Anybody who's going to read the read my story is going to know what Star Trek is. So um, let me bring this back to Sea of Thieves a little bit and answer your question at the same time, because I think that you bring up a good point that if I'm playing in an established sandbox, which you could arguably say that Sea of Thieves is, mm-hmm. unless this book's trying to target more than Sea of Thieves players, <laughs> if you're trying to do that, then you have to establish a little bit of. Sandbox, but Star Trek novels, for example, are short stories for like the um, the uh, Corps of Engineers or whatever the short story collections are that they call. They uh-huh. there's an established universe. You don't have to go in to describe how a starship flies or the the rank and command of in the chain of command in the uh, in the Federation, or you don't have to go into great depth of it describing the Romulans unless. F- Unless there's a, some little bit that you're somehow changing or bringing in that hasn't been done before, then maybe mm-hmm. that needs to be explained. But for the most part, if you're playing, if you're telling a story in an established universe and your target audience is going to be Star Trek lovers, someone who's not a Star Trek lover, it'll be a rare case that they pick that up. That I think mm-hmm. that, that I think that you don't need to do context and world building. Uh, for me, the uh, not having that context and then not having the rules of the world established early on, even in small ways, so that when we get halfway through the book, they start dropping these major stuff. It feels a bit odd and out of, it feels almost like there's two stories. You're the first story, then you're the second story because of the way it's done. And, I'm not a fan of the 1950s and 60s way of writing, which was to kind of dump everything in the first chapter or a couple chapters or first paragraphs. But but it does need to be still in there somewhere 
Like I'm a fan of dropping us right into the action and anything that we need to know as you hit it, developing that context. But, but, but it needs to be established. But in a fantasy world, I think you need to establish that fairly early on so that we know what laws and physics we're working with, how magic's working or not working in this universe, because every fantasy series has a different, you know, way of doing yeah. that. Right. So and see now that's that's where my question was. Was this perhaps a you know, aimed straight at the target audience to do two things? Uh, number one, establish a lore around the game, and number two, to flesh out the characters a little more. Well, okay, so I can answer this one. It's to establish a lore around the games, but um, these characters aren't in the game at all, except for um, you can see the Pirate King when you've gotten to the maximum level. He's uh, He's like uh ghost and you can no. buy missions from him but he doesn't that's about it like other than that he doesn't really play a part he doesn't play a part there's no like you can talk to him but there's there's no there was no lore really it's just like oh there's this ghost guy and he'll sell you things now that you're at this level um other than yeah. that it's it you know the, the game was mostly it is what you make it with your friends like if you want to go and and solve puzzles you can do that if you want to go search for treasure if you want to go fight skeletons you can do all these things there's no reason to other than to get money in the game and then um you can also attack other players and take their things from them oh, so it's okay. like it, it, it you make those stories were made because you were like oh i spent you know three hours looking for this that's an exaggeration but maybe not. maybe not i spent three okay. hours collecting all this stuff and i didn't turn any of it in I was trying to get a big haul and then some crew came up and we fought for an hour and a half and, you know, I finally sunk their ship and we stole all their stuff too, or, or they sank me and I'm really upset. Uh, you know, that kind of, like, it's those kind of stories that, that create the game and the people that you play with rather than the game having a story in it. Okay. Uh, now, so just last week they released their first year update, which includes now, uh, small story missions, which have like journals and stuff that relate to the story. Like, um, so they relate to the sea of uh, the Athena's fortune. Well, yeah, well, so the Athena's fortune is also what they call the, the like top level quests. When you get to the end, they're called Athena, Athena's fortunes. Quests. Are you in the top level quest? I am. Uh, right. so, so have you gotten Athena's fortune? I'm, I'm level seven, I think maybe eight. Okay. Out of 10. <laughs> just, just check. it takes a lot there's a lot to do it's, it's a hard one it's, they take like an hour and a half or more to do so usually i get one done at a time but anyway um they just started adding and on the first the first mission takes you to the sunken mag magpie's wing okay and there's like uh you have to find um the item that they use to navigate the shroud to get to the sea of thieves the shroud breaker so you have to go and find some notes on the sunken ship of the magpie and read some journals from America and that kind of stuff. So it, they're incorporating it now, but they're also leaving out the stuff that happened in the book. So you would read the book. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, but we never really got your impression. Jim. Your, your first. No, I, I know that. I, yeah. and I was hoping we'd come back to that. Okay. okay. I'm glad both of you guys are sitting down. Okay. Okay. Because you, as you know, when you said, Sea of Thieves, uh, okay, you said it's a pirate book, and I went, oh, crap. <laughs> All right. And a pirate book with magic in it is double crap. <laughs> and it was Pretty like much. I was dreading, dreading picking this book up. I think yeah. that's an appropriate and, response to this book. Sorry, go But ahead. you know what? I really enjoyed it. Really? Yes. I'm a little surprised. I mean, I don't, I don't hate this book by any means. It's no New York 20, whatever the heck, but it's, it's. <laughs> 2120 was better than this book. Uh, whoa. Uh, look, I'm sorry. The writing in 21, whatever. It was. I, Obviously, there's there's a skilled, there's skilled writing. And then there's like noob writing and there's like no comparison. This here. was simple. This was simple writing. And that was bad writing. 
<laughs> now, <laughs> a guy who knew how to write poorly. Wait, wasn't Jim talking? We're, we're dominating here. <laughs> anyway, Jim, you liked the book. <laughs> yeah, good. Great, That's okay. Great. But, um, you know the the first part of the first half of the book, David, that that you complained about was was my favorite part of the book with with the character development. Um, I I really really got into these characters mm. and if. All the magic and the skeletons and the krakens and all that stuff had been left out, I would have been very, very happy. And as a matter of fact, when I finished reading the book, I even enjoyed those um, metaphysical things that were in the book even more than I thought I would. And I've even gotten curious about the game. Oh, but I don't, I just, I don't have time to play it, but it's it kind of made buddy. me curious. Summer's coming. Yeah, I know. And I'm not going to waste it sitting in front of the computer playing a damn game. I guarantee <laughs> you that. <laughs> well, but, I might. But I, I really enjoyed the book, especially, especially the two main characters that they bounced back and forth between. And, and unfortunately, I can't remember their names off the top of my head. One was Ram- Ramsey. Ramsey. And what was what was the woman's name? Lucina, L- Veronica, the something with an, with an L. L. With an L. I can, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, at any rate, her and her crew were just fascinating to me, especially with with all the different dynamics that that the crew had. You know, they had the the down and dirty pirate. And then they had the kind of gentleman pirate and, um, all the different personalities and they seem to play a real important part. And, uh, I, I really enjoyed the strong female characters that, that came out on top. Although, you know, I'm aware that, that back in the day there were woman pirates, but I thought, Maybe that this book had just a few too many to be historically accurate. But are we are we trying it, to build this book as being a historically accurate book? Well, I thought the same thing. I thought there is a lot of women captains. But then, then I listened to an episode of This American Life about piracy, and during that, they talked about there was apparently this really famous pirate queen in Asia, and they said. You you wouldn't think it because you know these all these hard hardy men, but there were a ton of women pirate leaders because they were like the women who ran the brothels got all the information and then they would take that information and get a crew and put it together or like they just controlled these men uh, really fiercely and that there were a ton of female captains uh, back in the day you just don't hear a ton about them. So. Uh-huh. Well, and, and, uh, the female characters in this book were all very intelligent. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, some of the men were kind of arg, 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 you know, and then the ladies were very articulate and, uh, did all the planning and things like that. It was, it was a really good book. I thought. I'm glad to hear that. I I really didn't think that you were going to enjoy it at all. I'm a bit shocked. Yeah. I thought, I thought you, I thought you'd get to the, like. You were going to say, yeah, I read the first part with all the characters, loved it, got to the magic, and like, ding, 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 you know, down. I, think- no, I try to keep an open mind, but uh, yeah, I, um, I I knew this would surprise you, but yes, I <laughs> I enjoyed it a, a lot more than I thought I was, probably because I set myself up to not like it. Hmm. And So you uh, went in with low expectations, and it went above and beyond that. Pretty much. I yeah. I think that maybe it wasn't that I needed the m- magic stuff like to, but like all the action happened also when they introduced the magic things. They didn't ha- and to me. They wouldn't have had to have introduced all of these things. Like it could have just been like just a curse that they dealt with, you know, mm-hmm. along the journey, or maybe just skeletons at some point, or a kraken, or or the mer people story, or something. And just alluded to the other stuff. It just so happened that when the action in the book also picked up, they also introduced all of these other things. Do you do, you, do you feel like because 
uh, Sea of Thieves has not had its lore. The one of the pressures that uh, one of the pressures that um, uh, that Chris Alcock faced was the fact that maybe from the company, maybe from fans, were saying we need lore to explain all these things that you see in the game, and so it was instead of maybe and and maybe it was only a one book deal. And he says, okay, so let's introduce all this stuff. So at least there's some lore basis for the fans of Sea of Thieves. It, it could have been. I think it's some of the stuff that I found humorous was how they would introduce these things and then they had to like alter them to fit the, the game. For instance, like the Kraken, uh, how they said, you know, they poked it in the eye and then that's why it doesn't pop its head above water in the game. Well, for whatever reason, the tentacles come up and they don't render the head. So you never see, even if you go underwater, there's no head to the Kraken. It's just the, these tentacles. And so, like, that's how they explain that there's no head in the game. Because, you know, they got poked in the eyes <laughs> so they don't come above water. Or, or um, I can't remember some of the, oh, like, like how at the end he's like, oh, don't worry. You know, pirates sometimes come back. Well, that's like, in the game, you respawn, you know. Because something about the Sea of Thieves, you go to the Ship of the Damned and you wait a certain amount of time and the 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 guy who drives the Ship of the Damned decides you can go back and to life. So it's just like that kind of, the way that they kind of tried to inter- introduce that stuff into the lore where they could have just been like not said anything about respawning or, or not even mentioned the Kraken's head or, or whatever. Like they didn't have to do that, but they did. So... So, yeah. so, so they are trying. There are at least in some way trying to establish the lore. Yeah, yeah, they are. And and let me say, you can play this game for really, really cheap. You can try it, and there's free trials because it's on the Game Pass, which is five dollars a month with Microsoft. And it comes, it's like some like, ton of games. You and can you play, can play it on the Mac. You can play it on. You, we have to have Windows Ten. <sighs> don't you have a Don't you have a Windows machine? <sighs> no. I thought you had somebody's got to have a Windows machine. In this oh, we have, we have Windows machines here. I'm just I'm just a Mac person. I can't play on the Mac. Not <laughs> Can't you do it. that? Isn't there like a thing to? Yeah, like, I can use parallels or something. Yeah. So anyways, anyway, anyway, when we have our orbital sword game night, <laughs> oh yeah, this summer, the Jim's coming to God. Get ready, Jim. We can do it online. Okay. We'll play one night. You can do the free trial. We'll try see if these. You can go sailing. The sailing in the game, absolutely amazing. Some of the best parts, just sailing around with people and like. Because you've got to keep track of the sails with the wind and, and you know, see you can get stormy or foggy or whatever. Anyway, it's cool. So, ah. Back to the book. I won't get hung from a high high yard arm. You I? might walk the plank. No. Scurry down. Uh, the, the great thing about this game, I know we're talking, we're, they go together. The game and the book go together. The great thing about this game is everything is level. The day one person has all the, the stuff that someone who's been playing for hours has. The only... All the rewards in the game are cosmetic. So the only difference is that this guy has has a red shirt, you know, like then he has a nice jacket. That's He's not pirate. a good thing when you're a Star Trek. Yeah, red shirts are not good. Yeah, not, not, <laughs> well, not positive. But pirates. So you, you, this guy has a special shiny eye patch. How about oh, okay. that? You know what I mean? So a jeweled eye patch. Yeah, or his or his uh, his gun has like rubies on it or something. like. That's the only difference between. A, a, I want a gun with rubies. Yeah, if you play long enough, you can get one. Trust Ooh, me. Nice. So anyway, um, can I get a loot with rubies? I'll give it to Jim. He can play it. You can get a hurdy gurdy with rubies. <laughs> a hurdy. There's no loot. There's a hurdy gurdy. There's a Constantina and a drum. All right. Hurdy gurdy hurdy will do. <laughs> so all right. So plot points. Let's talk about plot points real quick. Uh, favorite parts of the book. Or and plot points. Let's mix that together. Uh, what's your? What was one of your favorite plot points, Scott? Did you have one? Do you remember? Was it the last page? <laughs> the last page was very excellent. The fact <laughs> that I didn't have to read another page of this book. Um, I, you know, we, Jim was talking about character development. I do want to actually. I know I've been busting on the first half of the book, like like you were, but I do appreciate the the Lorena story and. Especially as she stows away, and 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 that character development was interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so not necessarily a point, uh, but the way the story plays out as as as, as she develops, mm-hmm. and I and I and, and so I, that that's one of my favorite parts of the book was just the character development. 
How about you, Jim? I, I like the scenes in the pubs where okay. they were telling, where they would tell stories and everybody would gather around and, you know, some, some guy would come back and, and walk into the pub and, Hey, look who's back and sit down and, <laughs> and start telling a story. And everybody is just mesmerized by this guy and he's just hamming it up, you know, like a Klingon making it sound <laughs> bigger than everything actually was and all that stuff. I, I really enjoyed that part of it. And then, so what you're uh, saying, just, at the end, no, good. I was okay, going to say, at, so you, so what you're saying, what you're saying there is you just envisioned this like pirates, but they're Klingons instead, right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> Anyways, go ahead. But, I'm sorry uh, for interrupting you. That's okay. But, uh, going, going into the, uh, uh, the ending of the book where it turned out that Ramsey was the ghostly owner of that pub. Mm-hmm. That was really cool to me, you know, and as a result of his attempt to apparently organize the pirates for everyone's mutual benefit. And even though it was kind of predictable that nobody was going to go along with him, because then you wouldn't really have, uh, you, you wouldn't really have anything to do. Um, you know, everybody said, you know, Hey, forget it. We're out for ourselves here and, and our own crew and our own ship. And, uh, no, why, why should we bow down to you? Um, when we can do just as well on our own. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear it. How about you, Dave? Uh, my, I guess last page. No, no. No, I don't. I don't hate this. I mean, I agree with a lot of the negative things in this book, but I didn't. Can't really say like I hated it. I don't. I don't hate. It. Actually, it's just okay. I think that's my thing. Is it's just okay. Um, it, it's it's not necessarily it, the the boring part of the beginning was was really hard to get over for me. But uh, I think for me, my favorite part was when they're explaining the mermaid like what it's after the action of them freeing the mermaids when they're back at the campfire, uh, like talking about their adventures and Murica and Ramsey, like tell it straight about what really happened about how the, the mermaids came and the ancient stuff of like wondering how we're thinking, not understanding that these are different people than the ones that used to be there and how it convinced them to like go on and, and do things and stuff. I think that was kind of my favorite part, just like giving them a little bit more purpose and kind of sharing and kind of getting everyone somewhat back on the same level, even though, what was his name? The one guy, you know, is bad or whatever, but um, I, I liked that part. The, the, like the mythology of the of the people, uh, kind of sharing that, that stuff with the earrings and how you could understand them. So. Oh, very there good. You. So, I don't know if we have a total. There's not. This book wasn't very deep. Well, so I do want to. There's one so, thing that I liked. Have have, have either of you read any video game tie-in novels beyond this? I've read like several, Halo, Bioshock, Assassin's Creed. Several. Of I, I've read Halo. Okay, so I, for me, this suffers a little bit from the same. I just I feel like video game books. And, uh, you know, I know there are some of my favorite Star Trek authors have written video game books, tie-in novels. They just, there's something that if you don't play the video game, that just doesn't resonate with you quite as much. And I think this suffers from the same fate of, of that. Maybe I'm, maybe that's unfair, but for me, it's like, I see a video game tie-in novel. I'm like, Ooh, this is a cool cover, but I, I won't buy it typically. Yeah. yeah, I I agree. I'm mean, like, for instance, the Halo books, they just don't stand up to the experience of playing those games. Well, and I think that's why, and I think that's why you buy the books. You're like, oh, because you're in your mind, you're like, oh, Halo, and it was yeah. so awesome. And then you read it, and you can envision yeah. it, but it just doesn't. It's not the same as you doing it. The you know? post game yeah. Halo books, I thought were the ones that I read 
I found way more interesting. You mean the ones that like come after this storyline? Yeah, that continue past the first three games or whatever. Right. I thought those that was original content. Um, which uh, which book in the Halo universe was the the rise of the Master Chief, where he starts out with his training and and he winds up at the end being the Master Chief? That's is, a, is that fall, fall of Reach or? Well, that's what I was. I, that's the name that popped in. I did read Follow Reach. Yeah, I think that's the first one. Yeah. Okay, because yeah. I read that. Uh, I'd never played the game. I heard about it. I mean, I had some students about ten years ago, maybe twelve, maybe yeah. fifteen. I don't know. Forever yeah, no, it's ago, pro- it's probably more like ten. Ten years ago. Yeah, they were they were absolutely obsessed. Oh yeah. With this. I mean, a month before the third Halo came out. I mean, that's all these guys were talking about every single day. Oh, I know. And yeah. uh, and I didn't see him for a month after the damn thing came <laughs> out. You know, like what are you like? Oh, I was home playing Halo. Yeah, till two in the morning. Yeah. Oh, no wonder you can't walk a straight line. <laughs> but um, uh, I I don't I don't get into the video games that require a lot of time investment hmm. at all. Okay, I've got a Wii U upstairs. I can play games, and when they start getting too complicated, it's like forget it. I, I I'm out because I just don't want to invest that kind of time in it. Right. Yeah. No, so I, I never I got you. into Halo. Yeah. When I hear I you, sure but I got into the book. Yeah. But I, I think it's just again. I think that the the video game tie-in novels. I think movie tie-in novels work a little bit better because they're a little bit more of a mass audience. Mm-hmm. Um, but video game, uh, just... The problem is different. In a movie, is similar to a book in the fact that it's... Bless you. movie is similar to a book in the fact that it's um, a story given to you and, and like put on, like, put to you. Whereas a game is a story that you experience. Yeah. And it, it's it's very well, true. Uh, yeah. Well, a movie tie-in novel, you're going to get what you are familiar with if you see the movie. Right. Right. Okay. So you already know what's there, and it's up to the author to kind of expand on it a little bit. Uh, for instance, like the Star Wars novel, novel, uh, you get a lot of the lot of the stuff that well, Luke says, you know, well, Biggs is going to the academy. I guess I'm stuck here. Blah blah blah. Well, in that novel, there's a scene where Luke and Biggs are visiting with each other before Biggs leaves. Right. Um, right. I don't remember who who wrote that. Uh, of course, it says on the cover that George Lucas wrote it, <laughs> but um, I, I I have my doubts. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's a different thing when you're expanding on an existing story and trying to do a video game where you're expanding on something that isn't really intended to have a huge story. It's just an entertainment, uh, just uh, something uh, something to occupy time. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, that uh, Star Wars was ghostwritten by Alan Dean Foster. That's who I thought. That's who I thought wrote it. Okay, George Lucas is credited, but it's a, it's actually a Aladdin Foster. Yeah. He did a lot. He did a it's lot. Like of the, Tim- go ahead. Yeah. Well, it's like Timothy's on with with um, with the Thrawn stuff. Yeah, I mean, wow. He he just makes that character dynamic as heck on oh, yeah. on the on the TV show on Rebels. He's just evil. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah absolutely you know absolutely. he's just brilliant and evil but in uh in in the in the books he's thoughtful and brilliant and not evil he's doing a job well i'm and not because we're, we're getting a little bit of backstory of i'm not person. sure we've seen the full evilness of thrawn yet do you want to read the second book i did okay did you jim uh yes i, I have not read it yet so yeah, spoiler they all die <laughs> Batman yeah. dies. What? 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 Batman dies. <laughs> Batman dies. Batman dies. <laughs> Batman dies in this movie. Wow. Uh, um. Well, 
just real quick, Halo has one of the best space opera stories around. Uh, the books do an okay job, but I, I mean, it is a time investment. They're not like forever games, but they're... Yeah. Their story in them is pretty great. Anyway, yeah. so let's give ourselves a rating for this. Before we do that, do, okay. you, do you want to hear what Goodreads has to say about this? Oh, okay. Because yeah. I have it up. Please. And number one, the the book has been out since... october Yeah. Uh, it has 23 ratings. So not a ton of people are reading this book, right? right? Uh, that being said, it has a 4.22 uh, stars on it. Okay. Uh, one written review. And, and this is what that review, Danny... Uh, uh, from Lazy Turtle Books, rated it as four stars, and she said, "Because I have been so much, ha- I've had so much fun playing Sea of Thieves for almost a year now. I enjoyed the book a lot. The game itself does not really readily present a lot of story, but is a vast amount of lore beneath the surface. Well, this was not the best book ever written by any means, and I don't think anyone that hasn't played the game would really get into it much. As an avid fan of the game, I had a great time diving into the history of Sea of Thieves world." Hmm. So that was her review of it. And I think that that's probably uh, uh, my, my sentiment is like, you're a Sea of Thieves player. You're going to muddle through maybe some, you know, some of the issues of the book. And you're going to yeah. say, well, I'm learning something about the world I play in. Right. And I get that. Not for me, mm-hmm. but yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's get into rating. Do you want me to give you my rating? Let's hear your rating. Last page was the best. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to give this a three out of five. Okay. Not terrible. Certainly not uh, the worst book I've ever written, but definitely not. Uh, if I'm like thinking about the Expanse novels, not even doesn't hold a candle. Three out of five. Three out of five. Okay. Jim, how would you rate this book? I'm going to call it a four. Okay. Four. I'm going to go go with the good Goodreads ratings of, of what Scott said, 4.22 and uh, even before he said that, I, I, I decided it was a four. It's not perfect. It is a, a nice distraction, a, a, a nice side trip from what I normally read. Um, so yeah, since I enjoyed it and I like the characters and I like the character development in it, I, I'm going to call it a four. I'm going to give it a four as well. Uh, it's, I think it's a little bit better than mediocre for me. I enjoyed it just a little bit more than than it being blah. So a four is better than a three. I think in that in that aspect. Um, again, I have my issues with it. I just I don't feel like it's a bad book. I just don't. I think it was. I think they wrote this book to make for for fans of the game, but then they also were like, we probably have younger people playing the game, so let's make it accessible to them as well. I think. That was part of it. It's it just kind of a little bit cater to a younger reader, maybe. Um, so about I give it a four to five. Um, yeah, that well, puts us at a three point seven overall for us. Oh, there you go. There you go. So next month we're reading the next book in the Expanse series, which is called Who knows what it's called. Uh, I forget. Nemesis Games. There we go. Nemesis. Nemesis Games. Okay. So we've got that coming up. But for the following month, we have fantasy again. Yes, absolutely. And so we have three books here for you guys to vote on. We have Priory of the Orange Tree by Samantha Shannon. It is. I, I'm working through the book now. And it's great. It is phenomenal. Is it connected to a series or? Um, it might be. This book just came out in February. Okay. And uh, it's really good. Okay. Character development. And uh, oh, yeah. All right. Cool. I chose a book called An Illusion of Thieves by Kate Glass. And I don't know much about this book. It was on a list of fantasy for 2019, new fantasy that you should read in 2019. And the synopsis that I read was basically it's a heist movie with magic. All right. And so that's really kind of all I know. Sounded interesting. I was like, cool. And then Jim has recommended The Green Knight, which is Space Lore Book One by Chris Dietzel. Uh, What's this book about? Well, it's touted as being uh, Arthurian legend meets Star Wars. Oh. Uh, It's got a four star rating, it's from 2016. 
Okay. Uh, the, the reason I got this book, I have it now on my Kindle, and I intend to read it one way or another, is uh, <laughs> I signed up to win like 100 books from, what do you call it? Um, oh, I can't remember what it is, book, book something. And I got four free novels, and this was one of the four free novels that I got. Okay. Oh. Oh, and being it, it's uh, being it's like space fantasy. I figured it fits fantasy, and I should like it because it's space. <laughs> that kind what of blends it to. It yep. Blends it to. Cool. Kind of like the yeah. orbital sword. What? What? Yeah. Well, I figured if we read pirate fantasy, okay. So, <laughs> Yeah, why not? But, uh, yeah, it just says, near the border between two kingdoms, a vessel full full of innocent passengers is destroyed. While the extent of the impending retaliation is unknown, its its inevitability is not. Galactic war is approaching. In a seedy bar in a distant corner of the solar system, a knight clad entirely in green armor puts forth a grisly challenge. The only person to accept the knight's game is a woman who spends her time drinking and thieving. These two acts occurring in different parts of the galaxy both lead to the same spot, the planet that will soon fall under attack. So that's kind of that's kind of the blurb on that's on Amazon about it. Oh, very good. And it it's got a four star rating. Cool. I'm waiting for some good zombie fantasy. Gotta throw it up there, man. No, no. no. Gotta gotta throw it up there if you want it. That's right. That's right, right. So anyway. For for those of you listening who aren't aware, we have another show that we did before this called the Dune Saga Podcast, which we are now pumping out some new episodes for. Right. So if you're interested in the Dune series by Frank Herbert, and we have an exciting movie coming up. You want to follow the movie news, which is what we're covering right now. Or if you're interested in reading the books, we go over all of them in chronological order. Head over to the DuneSagaPodcast.com or find us on any of your uh, podcast sources and uh, give it a listen. So if you want to contact us about any books that we've read, we should read or going to read, Orbital, uh, orbital Sword at gmail.com is one way to get us. Right. we got Facebook. We got the Twitter. Got the Twitter. We got the website. Yeah. Orbital the website, Sword. you can go com. vote. Tell us what books we're going to do. Yeah. Excellent. Yep. So there's all that there. And we hope to hear from you. Absolutely. So once again, for the Orbital Sword, I'm David Mould. I'm Scott Herzog. And I'm Jim Arrowwood. And join us next time on board the Orbital Sword.
Miss you.